Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the DX Mentor Podcast, Ham Radio Prep. Thank you for joining us. I'm Bill, age 8B, the DX Mentor. This episode is sponsored by ICOM America, makers of the finest radios and accessories for your amateur radio station. By DX Engineering, one of the best one-stop shopping destinations for all things amateur radio, including technical information. And by The Daily DX, the best source for real-time DX information. This episode is also sponsored by the Southwest Ohio DX Association, one of the premier DX clubs in the nation. I recently received an email from KQ4JDJ Jerry. He listened to the podcast on the WRTC and pointed out that I failed to mention a great source of information on the WRTC. That source would be the book that was written by Jim George, N3BB. I obtained a copy of it, read it, and would certainly endorse it as a good read if you are interested in the WRTC. It's called Amateur Radio is a Contact Sport. Thanks, Jerry, for the email. In this episode, we will attend a detailed discussion on ham radio prep, perhaps the best kept secret when it comes to getting licensed and earning your upgrade. My guests are Joe, W-A-G-E-X, and Jim, N4-B-F-R. So let's go over there and listen to our gurus and find out what they're talking about. Well, good evening and welcome to the um, most recent uh, podcast, the DX Mentor Podcast. I'm Bill, AJB, your host. Um, and tonight's topic is the ham radio prep course, uh, which to me appears to be the best kept secret in ham radio. And frankly, um, for the people I know that have gone through it, it's been an absolutely uh, smashing success. So we really want to delve into this and uh, and learn a little bit about it. Uh, and as always, I have uh, Joe with me, W-A-G-E-X, and I have Jim, N4-B-F-R. So we're going to start with Joe introducing himself a bit, and then Jim will flip it to you. So Joe, go ahead. Well, thanks, Bill. It's nice to be your uh, your uh, counterpart tonight. We always have a lot of fun uh, doing this. I got interested in ham radio um, back when I was a, a teenager, about 13 years old. I was an SWO for many, many years. In 1970, I uh, got my technician class license in March, and then I, I had to wait because of propagation until June. And when June came around, six meters opened up into the Caribbean, Central and South America, and I start working DX and have been absolutely hooked ever since. Then later on, I, I got my general, my advance, and, and then in 2000, I got my extra class. Years ago, I worked um, a lot of the Russian uh, satellites. I, I really enjoyed uh, doing that. That was a lot of fun. And then I wanted to do a de-expedition, so start going on, on family trips to Gatlinburg. And then we, we ended up um, in Grand Cayman. And then in 1990, I put my, my first um, big de-expedition together. And we went to the Turks and Caicos. We were VP5N and was down there for a week with six of us and just absolutely fell in, in love with DXA. And then since then, I've been on about 60, 62 D expeditions, but I guess the big ones were uh, Swains Island. Uh, that's coming up here in, in another week or so. Midway, Wake Island, and many, many uh, others that, that I was either leader of or, or part of. So that's a little bit of my background of it, Bill. Well, that's terrific. Thanks for that. Uh, so, Jim, and for BFR, take it away. All right. Thanks, Ken. 
can we just switch topics and I talk to Joe about all of the expeditions he's been on? That sounds really cool. I, I've done some some operating from Grand Cayman and some other places, uh, but never uh, never been on a like a formal de expedition. So uh, that that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so a little biography about me. I started in ham radio uh, 15 years ago, and uh, I'm I was a uh, uh, much like Joe, a shortwave listener. Uh, and uh, I, all of a sudden I, I was reading around on the internet looking for things to listen to like uh, rugby out of uh, out of Australia. And uh, I kept coming across, get your ham radio license, no code required, get your ham radio license, no code required. And at that time I, I found a site and I took a practice test and I passed it without even reading anything. So I'm like, okay, I could probably do this and moved on. And within a, uh, got my license the next weekend. And within a couple of months, I was a general. And then I've been an extra about uh, 13 years now. Uh, so I've really enjoyed ham radio. I do a little bit of everything. I, I do. Um, I got a nice HF set up. I've got a, a, a nice satellite set up so I can, I can do some of that. Uh, that's been a, a newer passion for me, uh, but I, I like doing them both. And uh, I like to travel in ham radio. I do a bunch of POTA. So uh, I was uh, just on a trip where I activated three POTA sites that were really important to me. Uh, one was in the, um, one was uh, K0001, which is uh, Acadia National Park in Maine. From there, I took a ferry cross to Nova Scotia and activated the Marconi site in Nova Scotia. And from there, I took a ferry to Newfoundland and operated at Signal Hill, uh, which was where Marconi heard his first international signal. So uh, I've been doing that kind of thing for a while. And uh, I like the combination of road trips and uh, POTA. So that, that seems to be my sweet spot right now. Can you give us a glimpse into Signal Hill real quick? I, I know that's not why we're here, but that really sounds interesting. So Signal Hill is in uh, 1902. Marconi wanted to receive his first international signal. He felt like, you know, wireless was was the thing, right? So in 1902, in December, he set up a, sta a receive station, and it was uh, antenna with a kite on a on a wire and some zinc on the ground but it was enough that he was able to hear the letter s in morse code sent over from uh europe so that was they had a station in england at the time the reason he did signal hill was because he was unable to do his station in uh, Cape Cod, he was going to, he was building a station there and it got wiped out right before this test uh, due to a storm. So he did Signal Hill. And as soon as he was published his success, uh, one of the uh, local wired telegraphers ran him off of Newfoundland because he, they had the rights. They had the exclusive for telegraphy in Newfoundland. So he found a, a place in Nova Scotia. That's where uh, that's called Glace Bay. That's where they made their first back and forth uh, DX contact internationally. And then a few months after that, in uh, 2019, 2000, 1903, uh, the, the Cape Cod station came online and they started making contacts regularly uh, worldwide. 
So Signal Hill has a nice uh, building. It's called Cabot Tower. It was built for, uh, you know, British European wars and, and those kind of things. But in the top, there's a, a ham station, uh, VO1AA. And I was able to work with the club uh, that, that runs that station and they let me operate for a couple hours. And so I was able to do some radio from there. Very cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yep. Nice um, to be able to say I did radio where Marconi did it. And, and you did it. You did it better, right? So <laughs> I, he didn't do sideband. So I guess I guess that's something. There you go. Well, one thing I want to point about Joe, your comment. Um, Joe hasn't just been on sixty three. He was a co leader of several of those huge ones. Um, so if if in fact uh, you ever want to have that discussion. Um, we've talked about it for hours and hours over the last couple of years. So it's, it's always a favorite topic. So, oh, great. Um, and yeah. I should say we're missing a person tonight, uh, uh, Bob K8AAC, who has gone through your course um, and passed uh, his uh, technician and uh, general um, was not able to attend tonight. We thought we had it set up and he wasn't able to do it. Um, and he has had the experience and he's the one that told me, you got to meet this guy. He's a great teacher. He's animated. He is passionate and, uh, and he makes it all seem very simple. So, um, and I think Bob surprised himself. He, he, he would say he is not a technical person. And yet I had him here for the Ohio QSO party and was talking about, you know, the SWR and here's what we got to look for. When you get a tune, you got to do this. And and he was right up with it. It wasn't like something was missing. So great. that's really got what got me in, intrigued to talk to you. So so what, what we're talking about is is ham radio prep. That's the official name. Yes, hamradioprep.com. Uh and and it's a it's a site that's been going for I don't know the exact time, but I want to say four or five years. I started my relationship with it two years ago. And I, I of all things, I answered an ad on Reddit. It, and it was really, we're looking for somebody who likes to do some writing and wants to talk about ham radio. And oh, by the way, if you can do some cool memes, that'd be real helpful. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can't do the memes, but I do like to write. I retired from my corporate world, world early a couple of years ago. So I had a little free time. I'm like, hey, this could be a fun time to spend uh, with people and help out. I had already been doing some stuff with local club talking about, how we could get people more active when they first started with radio. So, so I had that mindset going in, um, did the, the uh, past president of the Atlanta radio club and still attached with them and, and would talk to members about how can we do that? And I'd done some presentations. So send some stuff over to ham radio prep. I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm about. And they said, great, we could use help in writing uh, courses that that's they that's what they wanted to start off with was writing license courses. I said great, and I started off working on the general license course. Uh, and they already they were about halfway through, and they already had somebody filming, so that kind of fit into to what they had, and you know contributed where I could. They they were really interested in knowing in in putting more practical things behind the lessons. So they had the raw questions and answers that went with that came out of the the pool but they they wanted somebody to kind of bring it to life a little bit and having been a ham for for you know now 15 years that was something that i had some experience in so i could talk about you know why swr is important or 
things like that. And so I just started contributing little things into just the writing. And uh, at that point, I was strictly behind the scenes. They had they they had a technician course uh, and a general course. They were they were finishing up, uh, and the extra course was really just some questions and stuff. It wasn't even fleshed out, no videos and that kind of thing. So once we got the the general done. We started on extra and the guy who owns it, uh, James KN4NEH said, would you like to try being in front of the camera? And I said, okay, why not? I worked in local TV before, so I'm, I'm familiar with it. And way back in the day, I was a radio broadcaster. So, okay, why not? And I just started doing it and something clicked and, and we just started going through and we did the the general and then the technician class change so we did that and it got to the point where we had the where i was on the tech and the extra and we had a different elmer on the general and people were actually writing in and saying yeah but i like jim i want jim back for the general <laughs> um which is really nice to hear i really appreciate that uh and we just waited for the course to change because we knew the questions were going to change and, and production. But as of, as of a few months ago, I am now on all three of the courses. So uh, if you want to, if you want to make your way from technician to extra, you're going to have to sit through me and uh, talking about all the, all the topics. Let's pause for a message from ICOM. Listen to you keeping your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. I know their high-powered base stations cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. You know, they let me contest from the comfort of my home or remotely with the RSBA1 app. You know what they say. Heard, heard it, it, worked it, it logged it. it. Didn't you start out with the IC7300? You know, I sure did. That was my first entry into the world of SDR. I remember it, it's a high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design that will far exceed expectations. This innovative HF transceiver digitizes RF before various receiver stages, reducing the generated inherent noise in different IF stages. This is the radio that changed the way entry-level HF is designed. You know, it really did with RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, it also has a large 4.3-inch color touchscreen for operator convenience, real-time spectrum scope, and as all the ICOM radios have, it has an SD memory card slot to allow you to save and restore uh, configurations of your radio. So why does the IC7610 ring a bell? Well, the 7610 is the rig that ICOM graciously donates to the Southwest Ohio DX Association every year for our DX dinner. Um, that is what allows us to sell so many tickets because, frankly, everybody wants one. Oh, yeah, that's right. No wonder it sounds so familiar. The IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. This high-performance SDR can pick out faint signals in the presence of stronger, adjacent signals. The ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that has changed the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. You know, the 7610 features an RF direct sampling system that allows for 110 dB of RMDR. 
It also has an independent dual receivers and dual digi-select. Okay, so what's the top-of-the-line HF rig, you know, if I wanted to slip a little something special under the tree this year? Well, the rig on my Christmas list would be the ICOM IC7851. Ah, so that's the one that gives you a new window into the RF world and is HF excellence unparalleled with faster processors, high input gain, high display resolution, and a cleaner signal. It truly is the pinnacle of HF perfection. You know, it really is with dual receivers, digital IF filters, memory keyer, digital voice recorder, high resolution spectrum waterfall display, and it features enhanced PC connectivity. With all of this in one radio, it really is a shack in a box. So the real fun does start here for the love of ham radio. For more information about ICOM's amateur offerings, visit www.icomamerica.com slash lineup slash amateur. I follow you on Twitter or, or Ham Radio Prep, and I'm a, I'm, I'll bet it's weekly. Uh, there are multiple people that, hey, I got my ticket, and there's a picture of them holding up their ticket. And so what if you don't mind sharing, what is the success rate? The success rate is really good. The last I heard, and this is probably a number from a year ago, uh, over 60,000 people have gotten their uh, license with ham radio prep. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, when the technician came online, so it would have come online in like July of last year. Uh, and after that, about six months later, I asked uh, James how many people had um, had gone through the course already with me. And he goes, oh yeah, probably about 10,000. I'm like, wow, I, I didn't think I'd be an Elmer to 10,000 people ever yes. in my life. But this is, this kind of worked out really well for me to be able to do that. So people, people really just uh, find it easy to go through. And it's really because a couple of things, and, and I'll partially take credit for it of, the way I write and the style I talk, but it's also about the way James has really organized all the things into a learning process. So you're, it's not just somebody say, you know, reading out the, the, the ham radio manual. And I've done, you know, before this, I've done ham crams and those kind of things and, and tried to take people through this, but it's, it really sections it off into Areas so so you're going to come in if you take a course, and you're going to get a five to ten minute video lesson is the first thing you encounter. Then you read through uh, uh, some text that that reinforces that. And in both the video lesson and the text, this is James's idea. The every question on the FCC exam is noted with the answer in bold blue text. So as you're going through, you're seeing these bold blue texts come out that, you know, that say wh whatever that, that answer might be. And I'm, I'm trying to pull an answer out of my head. Right. Can, can you play music ten, on 10 meters, ten, right? Ten, yeah. No, you can't play music on 10 meters. Yes, the, uh, you know, yes, you, the repeaters are above 29.700, whatever that, that those questions might be. But the, but so it's the constant reinforcement. So you, you watch the video, you read the text, and then there's a quiz. And every question in that part of the question pool that we covered 
is in that quiz. So before you even get to the end of the course and take practice tests, you have seen every question on the exam answer multiple times. And I think that's the secret sauce that people really uh, learn about, use people to learn and understand that I've met a bunch of hams. Uh, in addition to doing this IVE. And so people will walk in and they'll be like, Hey, you're the guy. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm the guy. And they take their test. And luckily, luckily, nobody has come in who studied with the ham radio prep stuff and failed yet. When, yeah. when they've said, you're the guy. Now, maybe somebody came in, and, you know, maybe I don't know about it, but so far I've got a pretty good success rate as they come in to VE. And of course, if they do the, you're the guy thing, I make the other VEs. So yeah, good. The test. Jim, can you walk us through, um, Somebody, uh, I guess they, they call or, or write ham radio prep and say, hey, I'd like to take my technician class uh, license. Walk us through the steps that that person has to go through. Sure. So they're going to come to the site, hamradioprep.com, and there's a big click button at the top that says sign up. The technician license course is $35. And if you think about it and compare it to some of the other books out there, you know, there's there's Gordon West, there's ARRL. All, that's not an unreasonable price compared to that if you just want to get technician. Uh, that gives them access to the course in perpetuity. So not only do you get to go through the course and rewatch any video you want and, and go back through, but let's say you got a question down the road. Boy, you know, I, I was going to work 10 meters, but then I, you know, something didn't work out. And I remember reading about it in one of my lessons that that's all searchable as well. So you go through and sign up and you're put into the course. The course is actually about 25 lessons. Each course varies in the number of lessons because we're, it's, it's spread out and broken down into parts of the parts of the, um, of the question pool. Uh, but it generally follows the question pool through. So if you were to pick up the this thing, the pool from NCVEC and start reading it, it, it won't necessarily have the questions in order. But by the time you read, you know, section one, part A, you're going to see pretty much all those same questions in the first video you go through about FCC regulations and, and those kind of things. Uh, and then... If you want to continue on, we have a general course and an extra course, and you can either buy those in advance or uh, buy them one time. So $35 for the tech course. If you want to buy tech in general together at one time, it's $55, and we call the, the all three, the all-access pass, that's $79 uh, to go from uh, zero to extra. Wow. So do they take the exam through you guys, or do they have to go through a local club? Uh, for the examination? That's a good question. We are not a VE. Uh, so we refer them to a couple of different sites, whether it's the ARL site or uh, GLARG or whoever uh, they want to go through. And they can take the test however they want, uh, in person or online. Uh, about from, from what I've heard and what I've read, about 25% of people take their ham radio license online now. Um, and uh, the other 75% do like we all did, go to a VE session, fill in the little dots and walk out walk out with this CSCE. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's funny how it evolves because um, 
this isn't going to be one of those, oh, when I was a kid story, but just, just to show you the difference, when in uh, 1970, I was licensed as a novice in 71, and in 72, um, I went for the general, and you had we had to sit in Cincinnati at the Civil Defense Building, and there was this guy, I'll never forget his name, his name was Fernandez, Mr. Fernandez, and from the FCC, so we're all sitting there with this FCC examiner, and I'll never forget, he said, and of course I'm 12, but he says, when I tell you to put the pencils down, I better hear them hit the table or you're done. <laughs> it was like, okay. And then, so we had all the questions, but we had to draw uh, Hartley and Culpitz and Pierce oscillators. We had to do all those things, right? Wow. So just for fun, I have here my father's um, Amico um, theory course from 1956. And when you go through that thing, it's like, oh, you have to design a tank circuit and it's got to have this and it's got to have this. And it's like, oh, my God, now I'm back to engineering school. And the <laughs> yep. so it's it's funny how it's evolved. And I think it's a good thing because with the way equipment is now, I don't I don't need to design a tank circuit or draw a culprits oscillator to kind of know what's going on. So um, so my question then would be, how do you keep up on it? And then I guess when they come out with new polls, you have to go back and update all the material. Yeah. And that's been the interesting part is because now we've cycled through doing this a couple of times. Uh, we, we get to see how the, the questions evolve on the different exams and, and you're right. They are going away from questions about tube circuits and amplified circuits and those kind of things. And into more questions about FTA and operating digital and those kind of things. So I give the NCVEC folks credit that when they develop the question pools, they are keeping up with the, the times and getting more of that stuff integrated. There's a, a certain level of stuff that just needs to go in. And this is kind of one of the challenges that we get as a question is, hey, I just want to be able to talk on the radio. I just want to be able to pick up a handheld and talk. How come I got to know about resistors and capacitors and, and inductors? And that's the FCC requirement that part of the license is to bring on trained electronic experts, not just to have people who want to push the button. So, so there is a little bit of, of tension there, but I think most people kind of understand where we're going once we explain it to them and, and are able to work their way through it a little bit. Uh, and then, and then there are some people who are just, well, I'm already an electronic, you know, I'm already an EE from Georgia tech or wherever you would go to EE school. Uh, and they just sit and they need to know, they know all the electronic side of it. They need to know the rules and the band plans right. and those guys just blast through it. And I've seen a few folks in my, probably 10 year careers of EE go from zero to extra because they already had a lot of the electronics background behind them. And everybody comes to it from a different place. Yeah. So yeah. You, you said that, you know, we, we have to be, you know, we have to give the test. So who is we, how many folks are at ham radio prep? There's, um, there's probably a 12 to 18. I'm trying to think how many people are, are on our conference calls. Uh, a, a guy named James uh, started it all and uh, he's KN4NEH and you'll see him on some of our videos. He, he's the CEO. Uh, and a couple of years ago, right after I came, he was doing it with a buddy of his. And right after I came in, he decided he was going all in, doing it on its own and going to, you know, sink or swim. So really kind of pushed it going forward. So uh, there's, Myself and one other person who are 
uh, in addition to James who do uh, the content um, writing. So uh, my, uh, uh, we just brought on a guy named Max and uh, Max is doing more of the uh, technician type stuff. Hey, I'm working with the uh, APRS and, and those kind of things. Uh, whereas I've just been working on something called the HF Masterclass, which is another course you can buy from us because we found that people were not, uh, were reluctant to get into HF and into the higher levels because they didn't have a local Elmer. They were in Northern Maine or, you know, uh, you know, Wisconsin, somewhere where there weren't a lot of Elmers and they, but they wanted to learn HF and get going on it. So, so we've added that class and it's been out there about a month. And so far it's been pretty popular. Uh, but so there's two of us who are kind of content creators. There's a production team behind us. So uh, a, a kind of core producer who keeps me and Max in line and, and, and making sure we're getting content. Uh, and then there are a couple of video editors on the, there's a back office side. We have an awesome guy named Juan. And if you've ever had to have any support from ham radio prep, you have talked to Juan, and Juan has solved it for you. We continue to get reviews that are like, I wasn't sure. And then I talked to Juan and Juan fixed it for me. So he's great. Uh, we also have some developers uh, to, you know, write the code and, and do the questions and those kind of things behind the scenes. And we've got a, a few ham radio experts as well uh, that, we work with to either vet our stuff. And so make sure that it's not just me and in my mind, uh, but they also work on our social and, and uh, uh, our billing and those kind of things. So I'd say about a dozen all together right now. Uh, and that's grown probably four or five over the last year. Okay. I, I would offer if you're ever interested in a de-expedition Masterclass Joe is more than qualified to. Uh, okay. <laughs> so go ahead and make W A G E X if you're writing it down. And uh, <laughs> I, I already wrote it down earlier, but now I'm writing D Expedition next to it. So there I've you got go. It. I've got it written down. <laughs> Let's pause so we can hear from a DX club that is one of our sponsors. DXing is even more enjoyable when you make connections with other DXers. A major sponsor of this podcast is the Southwest Ohio DX Association or Swodexa. Swodexa is best known for hosting the DX Dinner and DX Forum, as well as the DXpedition of the Year Award. All these DX events are held annually in conjunction with Hamvention and are among the most well-attended and notable DX events of the year. Joining Swodexa will give you access to a great group of DXers, an informative newsletter, preferred seating at the DX Dinner and the DX Forum, and you will be supporting DXpeditions to the top 50 needed DXCC entities. Check us out at www.swodxa.com and click on the Membership Info tab for more information and a registration form. To follow up on Joe's question, though, is this a um, is it is it live or it's a series of video? I mean, how how does it? So now I'm entered. I've, I'm, I assume I have to create my account, right? So I log in, and so you, what happens? You log in. You uh, you create an account, pay thirty five dollars, and you're put into your um, put into what we call your dashboard. And your dashboard. I'm signing in so I can see mine. Um, your your and your dashboard pretty much list the courses you have access to. Uh, so you can go in and it will tell you, hey, you have access to the level one technician course, but not the 
not the amateur extra course or, or not the, we have one more course called the Baofeng basics course. If you want to learn deeper on how to program a Baofeng, we we've got you covered. Is, is that so, popular? I'm going to interrupt you for a minute, but is that a popular class? I don't know the exact number of folks that take that class. I, okay. I, not, not, uh, don't have that one in my head. That one really surprised me, but go ahead. Yeah. So, so you'll go into your technician course and there's your dashboard and you'll watch an introduction video, which will explain pretty much what I told you. You're going to go through a, a series of lessons. Each lesson is going to have a video and a text base and a quiz. And sometimes we put in um, like uh, little fun things too, like in one of our uh, electronic sections, there's an opportunity to kind of match the component to the to the definition. So uh, a capacitor does X, a resistor does Y to try and reinforce those things. Um, so you'll go through and you will take, uh, if you're a tech, you'll take 22 lessons. Uh, and eat, like I said, each video lesson is about five minutes and then you follow up. At the end, you get to practice tests and you can take as many practice tests as you want. Uh, and if you, we have both uh, a website and an app. And if you take the practice test in the app, we don't have this on the web yet, but if you take a practice test on the app, it will reinforce the questions that you missed as well. So, uh, but you go in and, and it's this, I can't reinforce enough that this quiz is set up just like a regular VE exam. It's the questions are pulled one question from each of the 35 areas uh, and then the answers are randomized. So you're going to be in the same environment that you are when you actually go to take the exam. Mm -hmm. You can take that as much as you want. We tell folks, hey, once you're passing the practice exams regularly with an 85, it's time to go ahead and take your exam. And we've got some links for in-person registration of an exam. Wow. When you're done, you, you, you mentioned the pictures and seeing, seeing some of the pictures online. We encourage folks to send us a picture of themselves with their CSCE. And when they do, uh, we give them a free gift. And I think right now it might be a, a I don't, at one time it was a, a call sign plaque. So oh, you got cool. a plaque with, with your license. So it's, it, it's pretty cool. J, I, James has got it all figured out. I, I, I got to say it's, it's nice to be in a position where I can just come in and, you know, contribute and, and give it to my stuff. But there's somebody behind the scenes who's really just got it all figured out and, and firing it on all cylinders. So I give him a ton so, of credit. So Jim, we, we sign up for $35, I think, to take the technician uh, course. Right. So do we have to take it, <clears throat> excuse me, do we have to sit here all day and, and take it, or can we can we watch part of it today and part of it tomorrow? How's that time work? It, it's totally self-paced. So you can come in and do a lesson, and, and there's kind of a natural break at the end of each lesson. So if I was starting with lesson one, I'm going to watch a four-minute video. I'm going to read the information to reinforce that, that video, and I'm going to take the 13 questions that that video covered. I can stop there if I want and come back later. I can jump to a different lesson. You know, this is good, but I really want to learn before I do anything else. I really want to learn about calling another station. So you can jump around. It's not recommended, but you can jump around, jump back and forth. Let's say you're, you're, you've gone through all 20 lessons. 
22 lessons and you've decided, you know what, I'm really not good at digital modes. You can go back and watch the whole digital mode thing again, take all the practice tests. The, the other nice thing is there is, is it's here for perpetuity. So if you want to come back later on because, well, I didn't really get into digital modes originally, but now I want to find out more about them, come back and watch the video and, and you know, that'll give you a place to get started. So kind of, kind of like that people can get in and out of this as they need to. Okay. Um, uh, so there, there is no live component to it at this point. Um, it, it's all video, text, quiz, go to the next lesson. So uh, Bob, when he, he talked, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not surprised. I, I misunderstood Bob because the way he was talking, I thought you were his like personal online instructor. And, and so he, he came away feeling like he really knows you and knows the course. And that's from, that's from the material then. That's terrific. Oh, great. Yeah. I do share, you know, the whole concept being not just the course, but the, the information behind it. I share experiences as I go along and comments and, and uh, you know, uh, references to, to things that, that I have uh, encountered in my day. So um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Uh, I might talk about it, APRS and uh, in the APRS thing, I might, I might mention, uh, I don't know if I do or not, but I might mention uh, the fact that, oh, not only can you do this, you can do this really cool thing and work the space station. And by the way, here's a picture of a packet from the space station. Oh, cool. So I get to work in those kind of experiences a little bit. It's not, the whole course isn't geared to showing, we're teaching the exam. So the whole course is not 100% geared to uh, doing, uh, to showing how every single thing works in ham radio, but there is an opportunity to mention and talk about and, and explore those things in a little more detail. That's really cool. Since, since you mentioned the shuttle, now I haven't taken an exam in, in years now, but everyone that I had ever taken always had a question about the shuttle. Do they still have that, uh, Jim? There's really? a question about sending music to the ISS. I think it shifted to the ISS since the shuttle isn't there. Yes. Uh, but but there is, yes, there was a question on the exam about okay. can you send music, uh, can you transmit music? And the answer is only to the crew of the ISS under specific scenarios. Okay. I, I, I would have missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that... It really is helpful to go through sometimes. Like, I'll admit, I skimmed through my my extra uh, and and squeaked by it. But now that I've rewritten the extra course twice, I, that stuff is reinforced to me a little bit more. And the other thing is too, now that I've been a ham and experienced a lot of that stuff, I can explain it better. I think so. Uh, rereading and and redoing that helps and. A lot of times what I'm trying to do, and I always found that I was pretty good at this, even in the corporate world, was I feel like I can boil things down that are technical into a way that 
people understand. So I, I, back in my corporate world, I worked at an internet service provider and we had two, I just, I always have this memory of being like the translator because we had these two technical groups in the room and this one was talking about this and this one was talking about that. And they were really talking about the same thing, but they were talking across each other and using slightly different terms. And I'm like, wait, time out. No, what you mean, you mean this and you mean this, and that's the same thing. So now go fix it. Uh, so being able to bring that skill a little bit to people, uh, I think is, is where I add a little bit of the sec, uh, the secret sauce to ham radio prep. Yeah. Wow. I can see where that would be very helpful, Jim. Yeah. So, um, one thing that with, with the current, you know, not current, like it's going to change with the no code situation now, right. um, I've been a member of, um, um, CW ops, and I used to teach in their CW Academy uh, six sessions, and I was shocked at how many folks were still signing up to learn Morse code. Do you get a request for that? And then if so, do you direct them our way or what do you do with them? So we do get the occasional questions. Can I learn Morse code through ham radio prep? And the answer right now is no. I'm not going to say that we're never going to do it. It's more up to James than me. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be the instructor for that because I don't know it, but I'd be happy to be a student. I can do my call sign and I can buy cool keys and have them over my shoulder on the shelf. Uh, yeah. That's that's my limit of CW. Uh, but um, I, I think there's an opportunity. So, so the HF masterclass is really the first venture outside of uh, doing um doing uh, the just the general license courses. And that is designed to get someone on the air on HF doing sideband. That's the, the, and that one's constructed a little bit differently because there, there aren't really any questions to quiz you on. Right. So this is, this is our more practical example where we show you here's a PL259. Here's how you connect it to the back of a radio. Here's where you plug in the mic. And we, we picked a radio, we picked the IC7300 and an NFED antenna because those are kind of the most common things we could find right now. Uh, and so it helps people step through it and, and understand that. If this continues to be sick, as successful as it's been the first month or so, I can see James wanting to do more masterclass related things. So CW, I think, is an option. Uh, digital is an option. Maybe maybe that comes into the to the current masterclass uh, or we we do an add on. Uh, and I think uh, maybe satellite operations is another one because that's a real specialty area that that I think has a little black magic to it. So I think there are places where we can expand and help people understand better how to do things. Uh, but our core right now is really just going to be, we want to get you through those license lessons and get you on the air. And then we'll, uh, we follow on from there. Hmm. Joe, I, should, should, should we shut this off? I didn't hear anything about a DX class. I don't know. Uh, on, the DX, on the DX Mentor podcast, I didn't hear that. So okay, we, we do, so, so in, in the HF Masterclass, we do cover DX, including the DX Code of Conduct, because I, I really feel like that's a very important thing for a new ham to learn. Yes. I want people to know, hey, you, 
you listen and you listen and you listen again and you you don't key up over somebody and you don't tune on a QSO going on and you don't do all those things that are in the DX uh, DX uh, code of conduct. And while I didn't, I built those concepts. So I wrote that class and I built those concepts in to the teaching as we were going through. But I also came back at the end and said, by the way, a lot of things you heard me say about operating are all included in this DX masterclass. And we want you to go find DX. And we do cover things like, for instance, when we're talking about antenna placement. So something that people don't normally think about is, well, I got this, I got my house in this tree, and I'm going to throw up an antenna in the tree, and I'm good to go, and I'm going to start working the world. Well, that antenna is going to send that signal 90 degrees from where you're pointing it. So if you want to go to Europe and get a lot of DX from Italy and, and all those places, putting that pointing that antenna towards Europe is not going to be your most successful thing. So we cover azimuth uh, charts and those kind of things as well okay. to make sure that people understand. There's a lot of elements in there uh, to getting towards your first contact, but we really want people to be successful in getting DX. That's, Absolutely. That's yeah. our thought behind it. Let's take a break to learn about the, the daily DX. Hey, I just poured you a cup of coffee. You look pretty happy. How'd you do? I worked him on the third call. Can you believe it? You worked him on the third call? Seriously? I thought you just had that little pistol station. I do, but I have a secret weapon. A secret weapon? What is it? Information. I knew when they were on the air, their operating habits. Heck, I even knew the equipment they're using. I just had to be there when they came up on the band. I even beat the spotting network. Wow, how'd you manage all that? I get the Daily DX from Bernie, W3UR. In addition to the weekly and daily bulletins, I also receive special notices when things change in real time. I feel that I'm always on top of every de-expedition. So now you just need to confirm it, right? Yep, that's it. Bernie even helps me with that, giving me QSL routes and QSL managers if they don't use LOTW. The Daily DX is a DX bulletin sent via email to you Monday through Friday. It includes DX news, IOTA news, QSN reports, QSL information, a DX calendar, propagation forecast, and much, much more. With a subscription to the Daily DX, you will also receive DX news flashes and other interesting DX tidbits. Bernie's been an integral part of my confirming over 300 entities and WAZ while operating a modest station. W3UR Bernie is the editor, a member of the DX Honor Roll, a member of the 3000 Challenge Club, as well as the editor of the House DX column in QST. He is uniquely positioned to have his finger on the pulse of the DX community and shares this information weekly. Why not let Bernie be your secret weapon? You can get a free two-week trial at www dailydx.com. Now let's go have that cup of coffee and tune around. Jim, you mentioned a, a PO259, and I was part of a group that um, we we were having a, a boot camp for young hams, and, and, and even old hams, anybody could attend, but right. but the concept was for new ones. And and I've, I've always been just a real simple guy, but you take someone off of the street that wants to be a uh, a ham 
and and you tell him uh, what is a PL two fifty nine. Well, the guy or the girl does not have a clue, or what's an SO two thirty nine, and and so I thought we should have had our classes real simple and and come up with these simple things that we all need to know, but it it you don't know. And, so I think. I think and, that's and, a good and coax cable the same way. There's all these sizes of coax cable and and they're all a little different and they're all made for a purpose and so forth. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I think that's a good point. And so there, there's there there's two elements in the in the normal license courses. That is the kind of thing we would expand on to help people understand a little bit more. So so there are some things when we get to connectors and those kind of things. We show those connectors so people can get a better understanding of the different ones. And and so that's kind of the the non answer to a question kind of content that we put into the courses. Um, the then we get into the master class, and in the master class, we do talk more about you want uh, low loss coax. Uh, you know, the using coax, the coax you're going to use to set up your HF antenna is probably not the same coax you're going to use to set up your satellite antenna because of losses. And we show the charts and and explain those kind of things in a little more detail, and we show connectors and and those kind of things. So I think uh, I think there's there's definitely a place for both. We, it's important to us that people don't feel like they only learn the questions, that they got some information along the way that helps them understand how they're going to operate. Now, it's a balance, right? We, we, we can't make the, the lessons so long that people get lost in the content and are not getting to the end goal, which in the case of the license lessons is get your license pass your test. That's the end goal of that. We can contribute a lot of information, but we still need to keep it there. The the HF Masterclass and, and even the Baofeng Basic class helps people get a little bit deeper into a specialty area that they may be interested in that they haven't um, that they haven't explored yet uh, because they either haven't had the time or the resources or, you know, uh, just that this is the way they want to work. And, and, I like our courses from the fact that it really recognizes that people learn differently. Some people learn audibly. They got to hear it to understand it. Some people only get it if you read it. Other people have to interact with it. We have all three of those in the courses. And mm. you can take the courses and we have truck drivers that listen to them like they're a podcast. Uh, so they can download them from Audible and they can go through and listen to them and then take the quizzes later when they're not driving. So it, there's there's a I like that there's a lot of different ways to learn from the same content. And if you want it in a book, go to, go to Amazon. We got it for you in a book too. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, I want to go back and emphasize the point you make and, and kudos to you because I think it was the second time when I, when I first started CW Academy, I took, I would teach the beginners because that's where I felt most comfortable. Right. But it was the second class and, and somebody had a question. They said, well, okay, I get all this, but how do I actually, start a contact and or start a QSO never occurred to me to say, okay, find a clear <laughs> frequency call. CK. It just didn't. Right. Yep. I just, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that you guys are starting it because people sometimes don't want to ask that. They don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. So let, let me just address it for you. So well done. Good stuff it, there. It's yeah. a, it's a no, 
uh, a no bias way to kind of get more information that either you didn't want to ask or you felt like uh, you couldn't ask. Yeah. Or so didn't did you, know you needed to ask. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, do you do any follow up with your grads to see, you know, who's on the air and maybe someone's lost interest or maybe move them along to the next level or. We do send some emails. Hey, uh, you know, congratulations on your tech. Have you thought about general, those kind of things. We do hear from a bunch of our grads. Uh, we have uh, a private YouTube channel, the Ham Radio Prep Student Success Group. And so we will interact with folks there and they'll come in. Hey, I passed my, uh, it, it's it's crazy to go in there on the weekends because Saturday and Sunday is when everybody comes in. Hey, I just passed my general. I just passed my tech. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm excited. Now I'm at slash AE. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun there. Uh, and we do, you know, encourage them to, to work together. Uh, we are, um, we're, we're, we like to hear, hear what they're doing and how yeah. they're doing. Uh, I know I have worked a few. I've had uh, just, Personally, I was at Orlando Hamfest uh, um, in the in February, and I had a surprising number of people to me come up to me and say, "Hey, I studied with you, and look at what I'm doing now." Right? I've got uh, and I've got new friends from that too. So I've got a guy down in Florida who loves to do satellite work, and he's a YouTuber, and I follow him along, and we make uh, we make contacts from time to time. Uh, there's a there's a guy who's a Delta pilot out of uh, Philly or uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. And he uh, follows up with me. And when he flies into town, I worked him on the repeater recently. Uh, so it's just because he, he wanted me in the log. And yeah. so, okay, who, who am I to argue with that? Uh, right. Take itself. So that is a lot of fun. And, and one of the, uh, one of the fun experiences, we're hoping to do more of that. So <clears throat> as a, as a group ham radio prep really hasn't been on the ham fest circuit, but I just heard from the boss today. We're going to be at the stone mountain ham fest here in Georgia uh, in early November. And I think he wants to go to Dayton this year. So we'll see how far along that progresses, but m having more interaction with the, with the folks that have passed is definitely something we want to do because we want to see him be successful. Uh, and it's, it's not just, um, this, this is something new that we heard about. Um, we found a teacher who is using ham radio prep to teach his STEM class about ham radio because he wants him to understand the legalities of it before he just hands him a radio, even if it's an FRS radio. So uh, there's a picture of all these students in a class in San Diego, and they're all looking at videos of me. And I'm like, okay, that's a little freaky. But <laughs> Uh, at least for me, but it's, it's a cool way to see that, uh, yeah. you know, groups of people are doing this together as well. And that's a lot of fun. So uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, not, not to be super, super pluggy, but we do do bulk sales. And if you want to, uh, you know, buy a pack of licenses for a ham cram or for, for something else, we we've got, that's we've got ways to help you out. Very cool. Jim on your um, FT8, uh, clients uh okay. now, joe he's going to charge if this is a question now <laughs> no, we, we, we don't have an ft8 class yet so let free, me get my advice. let me get there my money out jim oh. free advice free advice for invite me on the podcast what do you need joe well uh my question was unless i misunderstood you i i thought you had a uh, ft8 class we um 
So we just have the master class that talks about getting on HF and sideband. Uh, we have not added FT8 to that yet. That okay. is something that uh, if there's enough requests, we'll, we'll probably consider. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I misunderstood that. Thank you. Appreciate no problem. It. And, and I think here's my opinion. And, you know, this is something that I would have to talk with the boss about because I'm the instructor and I want it, you know, I want as much information as I can where he keeps me balanced to, okay, we have only have so many weeks and so many resources to produce something like this. So let's get it, you know, it, it's the balance between great and, you know, excellent. Uh, but, you know, for the HF masterclass, we spent four months writing and shooting and going out into the field and activating and putting up antennas and doing all those kind of things to do that. So it wasn't something that we kind of wrote in a PowerPoint in a weekend. Uh, and, and same thing with our license courses is we will start. So the, I think the extra is the next pool that changes uh, in next July. We will start in December or January going through the pool analyzing the changes, rewriting the, the course to fit in the new things. Now, the last time we rewrote the extra course, we tore up our old one and rewrote it from scratch. We probably won't do that again, unless there's a lot of significant things, but it will take us months to go through and make sure that all the questions are right. All the questions are updated in the pool. And if you ever subscribe to the extra course, you get the new extra courses as they come out. Okay. So, so we haven't done this yet, but the potential is there to do, you know, the 23 lessons plus a change log kind of thing here. Here's, you know, if you were studying in May, but gonna, not going to take your test until July, well, you're going to cross over and, and have new questions looking into how we might handle that. But, but the whole idea is that if you take your test in July and you study in July, that, that course would actually come out in, in May or June. So you could get ahead before you, you had a few weeks before you took the test. I'm, I'm explaining it poorly, but we release the, the courses a couple of months before the new pool starts. So people have a chance to get integrated into the new question pool. So with the type of business that you're in producing um, all these um, uh, programs. Uh, do you have much, if any, interaction with the FCC or the uh, ARL? Um, we, I, I'm not aware of any interactions with the FCC. Uh, if there were interactions with the ARL, they would probably be happening at James's level, not mine. So he hasn't mentioned anything to me. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say, don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it too. Now I'm going to ask him next time I see him, but for now, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. He, it, it's been, I mean, we talk a couple of times a week, so I would imagine he would have brought it up if there was something significant, but uh, I'm sure. uh, uh, haven't had that conversation with him. And now let's hear a word from one of our newest sponsors. Hey, Bob, I heard a rumor that you're now a licensed ham. Is that true? That is true. I'm very excited. I uh, passed the test two weeks ago and just received the call sign of Kilo Echo 8 Yankee Sierra Romeo. That's great. K-E-8-Y-S-R. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I hadn't studied really for anything in many years. So I tell you, it was a little bit of effort, 
kind of connecting all the dots, but it was fun. And I was happy and relieved to pass. Great. Well, what was the hardest part? Well, there were really two parts. You know, the first part was really just learning all the terms and slang. I can see that. That That's anything you get into. There's a whole uh, lexicon that you have to learn. What was the second difficult part? Well, you know, now that I have the, uh, have the license, it's the equipment selection. You know, what antennas, what rigs, what frequencies for that matter, what accessories. I, uh, I want to do it right, but I don't want to have to mortgage the house to do it. On top of that, I'm in an HOA, so that's a special consideration and might affect what kind of equipment. Uh, but I'm interested in hearing what your advice is. Well, when it comes to all of this together, I, I just have two words, just two. It'll solve all your problems, get all your questions answered independently with technical support to back it up. Okay, give it to me. What are the two words? <laughs> well, the first one is DX Engineering. DX Engineering. DX Engineering is an American company who's committed to serving the ham radio community. At DX Engineering, amateur radio is what they know. From the pleasure of rag chewing, the satisfaction of working a new rare one, they understand your every need for top performing and reliable products. It's impossible to overstate the importance of filling those needs. Even if you're starting your amateur radio journey with a concentration on VHF and UHF, exploring the more local regional market, et cetera, DX Engineering has the products you will need and the expert advice to help you with your selection. You know, honestly, their goal is simple. Fulfill your needs with the best products and technical support. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm just not sure what facet of ham radio I really want to dive into. Well, I would say that whether you're answering a distance CQ or you're handling emergency traffic or you're you're working a parade as a fundraiser, having the proper DX engineering equipment in your station or on yourself gives you the advantage of being able to hear and be heard as well as possible. The DX engineering slogan is the name says it all. Okay, well, that's that's one word or phrase, and that sounds like a good one. But what's the second word that you mentioned? Well, the second one is ICOM. They make the finest radios and accessories for the amateur radio operator. They're great supporters of the ham radio community, and they're sold and supported by DX Engineering. Uh, we're kind of back to that one word or phrase again. Yeah, it's one word. You're right. DX Engineering. It's the one-stop shop for everything you need. He does, I, I will say, though, he does keep involved in the kind of ham uh online community so folks like ham radio crash course and uh, uh others he's very interactive with and um uh he's worked with uh he's had some of those folks write for him as well so um so there's a there's a good interaction between uh ham radio prep and and some other some other blogs and stuff so excited about that sure. so what do you see around the corner uh, you said you had an app, which I think I wasn't. I think Bob did mention that. Now that you said it, but you have the app, the website. You see things continue to evolve, or so I think. I think from a ham radio prep side, we keep evolving as it is, and and we're going to add uh, over the next few months. Uh, like I said, Max just came on to do more social content and help people understand and get engaged with, with ham radio, uh, get the technician level folks excited. So you asked about how do we interact with folks once they passed? Uh, it's those kind of things, right? Hey, if you were, if you haven't thought about doing APRS yet, 
here's here's a, a video by Max that talks about that. So more of those things are, are in the near-term future. Uh, in the longer-term future, we are getting ready to release something called the World Radio Logbook. And we think there's an opportunity to gamify HF even more than it is today and, and have more interactivity. So uh, I am not as involved with this. I, I've kind of consulted on the smaller things, like here's the things you need to have in order to have a successful log, but I haven't been involved in the overall development. But in the next couple of weeks, uh, the World Radio Logbook is going to launch and it's going to be an opportunity that's different than the logbook of the world or QRZ because it's going to have more information. Uh, I know James is talking about having our, uh, our own contests. So uh, those are opportunities for folks to, uh, uh, to potentially interact once they become a ham and in a different way. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the team does that. We have some really good developers. Uh, and uh, if you go to worldradioleague.com, you can get a, uh, you can kind of get a, a preview of that and, and see what's going on. But, um, you know, there's so this a lot. Would be, it, Jim, this would be a logging program. Yes. This is going to be online, an online logging program. Sure. That will allow, that will allow you to do things like, let's say you want to show a map of all your contacts, right? Now, in order to do that, you can't just put them on logbook of the world. You've got to go and integrate it into a different thing and then, you know, see them from there. And it's, and then you got to go back again. If those things changes the kind of, the idea here is that all of those things would be included in a standard logbook. Hmm. Okay. So you can see your QSO map, you can see entries uh, and uh, there, there's going to be some interesting interactions here. So, uh, community chats and leaderboards and those kind of things that uh, that they're working on now. So um, the, this has been coming along for the last few months, and I've I've only seen parts of it, so I haven't really engaged in it much myself. But it's the the same team that brought you Ham Radio Prep is now working to bring you uh, this World Radio Logbook. So it'll be interesting uh, to see how all that comes out, and I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. I haven't had a chance to upload my personal logbook up there yet, but I'm sure I'll get it up there eventually. It's an impressive site, I have to say. Yeah. Uh, James, I, really because bringing, bringing this on our podcast is is probably the first release of this. Yes. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that we've talked a lot about it uh, publicly up until now. And I yeah. think the, the official, you can see it still says beta. I think the official non-beta release is in about a week or so. Okay. So, um, a chance to check it out before. Uh, yeah, and I'll people... I'll make sure it's in the show notes and stuff. Um, how much do you know? A lot about it or a little about it? I think you said a little bit, right? I I only know a little bit about it. I know that there's multiple levels. There's going to be a free level, and there's going to be some subscriptions as well. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure uh, okay. as far as what subscriptions. I think. I don't, I'm not quite sure what different subscriptions levels are going to get you, but like I said, there's going to be community chats The I know he wants to do contests. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see how it all builds up, but you know, like ham radio prep, I think James has taken a lot of community feedback and builds it well into the tool. So I'm sure that as we go wow. along, there'll be uh there'll be more and more of that. And, and I, you know, I chip in when, whenever I can as well. So yeah, you know, I, I gave him, so like right now there's no import export 
functionality uh, for old. That's where I was, I was about to ask you yep. because, you know, I'm for us, it. if you're chasing DX, you're doing it because you're, you you want to you know move up the DXCC list, and to do that, you have to work with Logbook of the World. Um, right. So I one think of the, one of the things Joe and I try to stress to people is you don't have to be a member of the league to upload the Logbook of the World. Right. You only have to be a member to you know manage it. So. We try to get everybody we know at least upload so other, you know, DX stations can take advantage of your QSO. So I, I, I was curious about that. And that reminds me, I still have a few things to upload to Logbook of the World from my most recent trip that I haven't gotten to yet because okay. I came back and I had a lot of stuff to do in the next three days. So oh, everybody yeah. wanted me to catch up. So sometime this week, uh, I'll be able to get my my parks QSOs uh, up to Logbook of the World. But yes, import, export, those kind of things. Uh, and we even talked about, you know, exporting not only as ADIF, but as Cabrillo, because sometimes it, you need different logs for different things. Uh, so I think uh, all those features are are coming in as as we start to build it up. But he was really interested in the database back end of this and tying it all and making sure that was rock solid because that's the important part, right? If you can't mine that data uh, in a, in a log book, you're, you're, you're not really going to be successful. So. And and then the second issue is if it's not secure, you know, that's also an issue. You don't want records going corrupt and and that kind of stuff. So I'll tell you, it looks, it looks really impressive. I will check it out. Okay, great. Wow. Well, Joe, anything else? No, I don't think I don't think so. I think once, uh, once again we we've asked a question and found out a whole bunch of cool information. Oh my God, very very interesting, Jim, and I'm just so happy that uh, you came aboard tonight with us because uh, very informative. Thank you very much. I, I've I've enjoyed the conversation. I uh, you know just I, I like the way you've got it set up to just be be conversational and, and back and forth. So uh, it's been, I've appreciated the chance to get up here and, uh, oh, sorry, there goes my. Yeah. Sorry to say, but this is all brand new to me. Me too. I mean. Yeah, all brand new. First, well, first I heard of any of this and um, I'm, it, I'm, I'm just so, so happy that, that we're able to put this on our podcast. Great. Ho- hopefully it'll give folks another resource if they know somebody who wants to get licensed uh, and they want to just, they don't want to want to shove a book in their face and say, go read this, you know, 200 page thing in and then come take a test uh, yes. that, that they've got another way to kind of start dipping their feet into it and understanding right. a little bit. And I think I think that's a that's a good opportunity uh, on our site, on our ham radio prep site as well. There, there's a lot of introductory uh, videos as well. So so we call them guides. Uh, but you can go in and uh, understand a little bit more about how do I go to take the test and what do I need to bring with me or uh, you know, which license level do I want to choose those kind of things. We've tried to put that stuff out there too. So to help clear things up. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the two years with ham radio prep so far, and hopefully it just keeps being more fun and more interesting along the way as, as James and the team think up new things for us to work on. Yeah. Well, I will, again, you know, Bob was the guy that he, if he'd have said, yeah, I took this course and and I did okay and and I squeaked by or whatever. And then I'd have thought, well, I'm glad he got a course, but that didn't come across at all. It was like not only I, I feel like I'm ready, I feel like I'm prepared. I know I know what I needed to know. I knew more than I needed to know, which made him feel good. The instructor was just uh, passionate, excited, and everything else. So 
Jim, I don't know what James is paying you, but I, I, I think he needs to take a look at that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure he watches the end of the. I'm sure he's going to watch the whole podcast, but right. I'll make sure he doesn't yes. skip over the end. Yes, yes, we we but, certainly think you need a lot more money. Maybe double your pay raise, Jim. Well, I have no complaints. I have no yes, complaints. James, James has been very generous with me. So, oh, good. That's uh, good. So, um, um, well, I appreciate your time. I, I always do because everyone has a busy schedule, and I, I know we're going to get some traction out of this. And great. Um, hopefully, somebody will come up and say, "Hey, I heard about this on the DX Mentor podcast, and I had a friend who's." Got their technician and now they want to look at dx and they'd like to get their general and sign us up so i think uh, this is yeah i think this is a great explanation of it, kind of everything we do and uh you know i'm gonna when the podcast comes out i'll share this link on my social too and and i'm sure it'll go out on the ham radio prep social and you know i'm sure even my mom will better understand what i do because yeah. uh, she she sees everything on my social and and likes everything which is awesome so yes yes, um, yes. So it's nice, sure. nice to have so thank you very much for having me i really appreciate the invite and uh that you worked with me on the schedule too Y'all know that was great. And I appreciate your time. And I look forward to, so I'll make the offer to you. Joe and I are part of the group that puts on the DX dinner at the Dayton Hamvention. Oh, cool. Um, and um, it is, it is literally a room of 420 DXers um, who range everywhere from someone who's, you know, worked their first 30 to uh, the premier guys at 360 and 370, as far as country oh, count wow. goes. Right, Joe? So yes. um, if, if you want to- I've been to Dayton, but I've never been to that dinner. But I do have, if you can see it behind me, I got my DXCC. So oh, I'm, I'm actually at about 125. Okay. All right. I well, haven't fine. looked lately, but last time I looked, I was around 125. Yeah. You know, I do. always amazes me because you're surrounded by 400 of the biggest DXers in the world. And well, uh, I usually go to Dayton. Uh, I didn't this year, but I usually do. So I'm going to, I'm going to pencil that in the back of my mind. Cause I think I want to go to that. And yeah. I, I handle the tickets. So I'm the guy. That okay. We, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll take care. I know of how you. to find you now. That's right. You do Okay, you know how to find me. So, <laughs> Hey, again, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And as soon as this drops, I'll let you know. And, and um, I think we'll, and if and we make this offer all the time and we're sincere about it, if there's anything Joe and I can do to help all kidding aside, you know, take us up on it um, yes. and, and we'll do whatever we can do. And and we all want to promote ham radio and try to get more folks involved and yep. uh, keep them active. So if there's something along those lines, we'd be happy to do that. Thank you, Bill and Joe. My pleasure. And uh, we'll keep you in the loop of, of experienced ham radio people we talk to as we need to get the word out on things. Yeah. yeah. And we'll, we'll make every effort to do that. Have a great, have a great evening and a great week, Jim. Thank you, you very now, much. Now I wish I wasn't going up to dinner, but I was going to sit here and turn the HF radio on and go, go work some stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting some trees cut down tomorrow. So that's going to allow my antenna to actually rotate all the way around again. Okay. So should be a lot of fun. Well, VP6 and T2 were banging in on 12 meters when we started this. So, um, oh, yeah. Hopefully they'll be around tomorrow afternoon. There goes your evening though. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Did you learn something? I certainly did. Thank you for joining us on this edition of the DX Mentor Podcast. I would like to thank our sponsors, ICOM America, The Daily DX, DX Engineering, and the Southwest Ohio DX Association. You won't find anyone more committed to DX than these sponsors. I would especially like to thank our gurus on this podcast, Jim, N4BFR, and Joe, W8GEX. 
I would love to have your feedback, answer your questions, and provide help with any DX or amateur radio issues that you may have. If you need clarification on something or you just have a question, send me an email at thedxmentor at gmail.com. Please drop me a line if you've achieved an all-time new one, received recognition, or have a DX event that you would like us to mention. We would be happy to do that. 7-3 for this episode. Thanks to my XYL Karen for her love and support.